Hi, everybody. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while, even though you heard me talking last week on the live podcast episode from Waveform PDX. But I haven't got to talk directly to you because I had to rush through my intro last week to get the episode released on time. Um, and, you know, be, to be honest, I've just got, I got a lot of different stuff going on. The way I'm describing it lately is uh, I'm spinning a lot of plates. And that by no means is a complaint. And uh, if it were, it wouldn't be all that uh, fun to hear because everybody's got their stuff going on. Uh, anyways, I digress. I, uh, I just have a lot of things I'd like to share with you. Um, so, you know, people send me modules to demo on the show, and sometimes I'll go months without a module. Sometimes I'll get one and kind of focus on that for a few weeks. But then sometimes I, uh, I get, I get uh, how do you say, uh, swept away in an avalanche of new modules. And that has happened recently. So this week, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of modules. I also want to recap some of my Portland experience. Um, I also have a new album coming out in a few weeks that I'd like to share some uh, backstory with and, and maybe play you a track. Oh, what else is going on? Um, you know, we're nearing the end of October, so I think it's about time for me to put the call out to everyone out there listening that I need holiday tunes for this year's holiday episode. Um, and it may seem a little early for that, but I tell you, if I ask too late, I don't get any. So, so please, if you, if you have some holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, any, any sort of holiday style patchings, uh, that you'd like to share or would like to create, um, I'd love to hear it because I think you know my stance, but I've always taken the stance that, um, holiday music in general kind of sucks, but it doesn't have to because, you know, the holiday season, at least for me, is a time for gathering with friends and family and, and you know, hunkering down in the cold and just enjoying quality time together. And music is a, such a huge part of that quality time. Um, let's weird out our relatives. Let's let's say, hey, I, I made this Christmas music or this holiday music um, for this, this cool podcast. Uh, you should check it out. And then you can play it and they can all be like, what are you doing? You're trying to give us nightmares. Um, it doesn't have to be scary. That's another thing I kind of want to talk about. It's been think I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like I'll make a track and then, you know, I showed a track to my wife the other night. She's like, oh, that's pretty dark. And I'm like, oh, really? I didn't, it doesn't feel dark to me. It wasn't dark when I was, I didn't feel dark when I was making it. I think it sounds really lovely and sure it's, it gets heavy and, and distorted and, and kind of dissonant at times, but we've only been trained to think that that is scary, you know, because of movies and everything. So uh, I've kind of got this new challenge that I've been thinking about is like, can I make something that might be at face value to the average listener, dark sounding, but can I maybe pitch it to them in a way of being like, okay, now listen to this and try to fight the urge to be freaked out by it. But I don't know if that works. I, I clearly haven't thought this through very well because I'm just yammering away. This week's episode is brought to you by Patchworks Seattle. Uh, if you would like to go to patchworks.com to check out their vast and expansive inventory of not just modular, but desktop synths, drum machines, studio equipment, cablings of all sorts. Uh, yeah, 
that's the place to go. Patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Also, thank you to After Later Audio for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Uh, putting up a lot of a lot of new demo videos on the After Later YouTube page. Um, you best believe I'm going to be using the uh, the Coco system in a lot of these patches today because it's just such a, a beast. Um, and then I'm also going to be talking about Razor, which is our new Mutable Instruments Classics uh, blades. And it looks really cool. And that's going to be out in a couple weeks, I think. Less than a month. A month at, a, at the most. But I've never played with blades. So I got a razor sitting here in my case. So I figure we could explore that. Uh, also got something called Fuse, which is our Mutable uh, Instruments Classics line. It is a warp. So that's like a... Uh, I believe it's just some sort of crazy... Uh, control voltage mixer and router and mangler so uh looking forward to diving into that this whole drum track that you hear below me actually comes from the ad110 analog drum synthesizer from weston audio it's very cool it's going to be in a lot of the patches today we're going to talk about it a lot i met uh devin from weston uh at at uh, Waveform PDX, and I, I looked at this drum machine, this drum synth module, and I was like, I really, really want to try that out. And then he also sent me his SF1 dual stereo filter, which is very fun. But uh, I'm gonna stop rambling now, and let's uh, let's get into this episode. Okay, so what are we going to be covering today? I mentioned Weston Audio's AD110 analog drum synthesizer and their SF1 dual stereo filter. But what else? We're going to talk about the Qubit Nautilus. That's their new delay. Uh, that's more than just a delay. It's it, just like with uh, with the Aurora. It's kind of hard to, you know, the Aurora is not just a reverb. This is certainly not just a delay. You can get standard delay stuff out of it, but. It's kind of lies in between a delay and um, kind of like the the data, the qubit data bender, excuse me, the data bender, um, which I really appreciate. Um, and then I've got some really great stuff from Board Brain Music. I'm very excited. I finally, I've been looking for a stereo EQ that's like a reasonable size. This is a uh, one, two, three, four, five band EQ. Uh, stereo ins and outs. It's got uh, a balance control for left and right. It's got your level control. And then there are CV controls for all of the uh, EQ bands. I'm not as interested in that because that's kind of getting into filter territory, but I've just really wanted an end of chain stereo, um, at least parametric, but a five band's pretty great. Uh, EQ, especially for live or just getting stuff, you know, tracked really nice. So into a compressor, uh, and then into, you know, into an, into an EQ or the other way around, however you want to do your signal chain. But I'm very excited about that. I also got their exchanger, which is a uh, six channel or three stereo channel line level uh, reducer or booster. So there are four channels or two stereo channels for bumping your Eurorack levels down to line level. And then there are uh, two channels or one stereo channel for bringing your uh, your line level stuff into Euro levels, which 
that actually is very exciting to me because then I can I can bring a guitar into the modular without you know having to you know run it through some like distortions to to actually get it into uh, you know a nice range and my Soma Enter I can bring that in. In fact, I used the Soma Enter and the Exchanger during my set uh, in Portland the other weekend. And also while I was in Portland at uh, the Waveform event, I bought a kit from AI Synthesis. I got the uh, the LPG kit. So I haven't built that yet, but it's like a it's a filter and an LPG in one and uh, I'm really excited. I love LPGs and I like filters. So uh, I'm hoping that I can get far enough on this episode today and go down and build it really quick and then come up and demo it for you, but I don't think I'm gonna have that kind of time. So yeah, as soon as I get that built, I'm I'll I'll, I'll let you know about it and uh, play you some sounds from it on, on an episode in the future. But speaking of AI synthesis, I do want to just give them a shout out because they released the new AI 22 Harmonic CP3 style mixer, which is a discrete mixer using no ICs. So as gain increases, harmonics and analog warmth are added, and as gain increases even more, distortion and phasing is added. Uh, creating new waveforms from old ones. So this is just classic AI style, like relatively simple stuff, but you can get really great results out of. Um, I love, I love a a Abe. I love Abe. I love Abe's stuff. And uh, yeah, I got to hang out with Abe while I was down in Portland. And that was so cool to actually be able to like spend some good time with Abe and Brandon from Mordax and uh, old co-host Ian came down. There were just so many people there. Um, I was so honored to share a stage with Camino Acid and Viger. Uh, it was a, a great night of performances, but you know, I'm all about the hang. So we had a great hang afterwards. And then the next day was Waveform PDX. Um, actually, the on the day of the show, before the show started, uh, I got to go out and have uh, brunch with Camino Acid because they're old friends with with uh, with Ian. So that was really cool to 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 meet them and and their music is awesome. They're an awesome live uh, live act and Viger was amazing. Um, I wasn't super pumped on my set. Now here's the deal. I, I was I was unsure of whether or not I wanted to talk about my set. I built I, I, I started practicing earlier for this live set than I've ever started practicing for any other electronic live set I've done before, especially modular. Um, and I had a really good kind of roadmap. I ended up tearing the, the patch apart a few times to make some changes or I was, I was having some weird grounding issues going between cases. And so I had to take it apart, but every time I put it back together, I, I would get pretty close to where I, I wanted to be. And I felt pretty good about that. Um, so I got down there and I'm set up, sound check's going well. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I got this. I think I'm actually gonna play a good modular set. I've only done that once before in my life. I think I'm gonna do that right now. And somehow in the process of moving my, uh, my setup from like the, the back corner of the stage into the center, my trigger, <laughs> my main, uh, or gate, my main gate for my hi-hat, uh, voice and like a bunch of other stuff so it, it was like molted out across my two cases and it's like I was using the dope for like uh, ethernet connection thing between cases um, 
I didn't know what was going on, but my, I, I got into the point where I was going to start using uh, the drums because I started out with this really weird, like, creepy thing, and then I was going to go into this really fun, dancey thing, and uh, I start trying to get my drums going, and they're, like, glitching out, but not in a fun glitch way at all. Like, it just sounds crazy, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, so I sat there, and I just let this, like, pretty little twinkly line, like, kind of loop for a really long time, and, and I was supposed to build upon that. Um, and I finally found that, you know, the trigger was not plugged into this molt, and it was just kind of halfway touching in the, the uh, into the jack. So it was, like, creating connections, and it was just, it was making my whole patch just mayhem. Um, and then I finally got it, but took me, like, I feel like it took me like seven minutes to get into it. And by the time I had got there, I'd kind of burned the the stuff that was supposed to build. So I tried to get my transitions early. It just threw me off my whole game. The point of this is to practice, practice, practice. Get to know your patch. I'm, I'm, after that experience, I'm actually thinking about getting rid of all my patch cables and going to, uh, to um, Matt at at uh, ModBang and be like, all right, I need color coded by length or something, or maybe I'll try to color code like, okay, drums are always this color or I don't know. Do you have any tips um, besides practice? But I will say that uh, I had fun while I was doing it, except for the whole mess, you know, the whole, you know, technical difficulty part it was very fun um i listened back to the set a few times and felt pretty bad about it but the fourth time i listened to it i was like okay maybe it's not that bad uh <laughs> uh anyways um but like i said my takeaway is that i just want to practice and i actually want to get very good at live performance um you know i, I could come home with my tail between my legs and my head down and be bummed or I could say, you know what, I'm going to use that as motivation to become a real ass kicker. That's what, that's, that's the technical term in the modular scene is an ass kicker. God, I am so, so from fucking Roslyn, Washington. It's so weird how sometimes uh, the Roslyn still pops out. Okay, I, uh, I'm rambling too much about the Portland trip. There's so much more I could share with you, but I can't end without giving a huge thank you to Eric Sorensen and Kevin Meyer for running the sound at the uh, the show that I played the night before. Um, and Kevin ran the, sh the the audio for the podcast that I did at Waveform. And he also ran the, the sound for all the performances at Waveform. Huge help. And then I just got to give so much credit and praise and so many props to Jeff Draba for organizing and pulling off Waveform almost single-handedly of course he had help i just mentioned eric and kevin were big helps but what an event all my thanks and praise to jeff for including me and for throwing such a wonderful event for our synth community and that's it for the portland talk we're gonna we're gonna experiment with some of these modules that i mentioned a few minutes ago but before we do that i just want to let you know that this this weird track that's been playing under my ramblings for the last uh you know eight minutes or so uh is the title track from my new album that's coming out on mystery circles november 4th uh, it's called Kitty Safari. So this track is called Kitty Safari. And I made this album with my friend Stephen Jett, 
who is an amazing pianist. So I brought my synth over to his house and we basically ran a bunch of piano improvs through my modular system and then uh, then I mixed it for months afterwards. But yeah, we tracked it all in one night. Uh, it's, it's really fun. It's coming out in cassette, mastered by Nathan Moody, uh, mixed by yours truly. I'm very proud of it. And uh, yeah, I hope I'll, I'll play this this another track at the end without me talking over it. But yeah, Kitty Safari on Mystery Circles, November 4th. All right, we're going to look at the Weston Precision Audio AD 110 Analog Drum Module. Um, <laughs> This is uh, uh, a six-voice analog drum module inspired by the vintage Japanese machines with the same number. So uh, the DR-110, the, the Dr. Rhythm, Boss Dr. Rhythm. Um, so, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a really good recreation of those. Uh, there are additional tone adjustments, but we'll get into that. Um, but why don't, we just, why don't we just start it up and, uh, and check out some of the sounds here. Um, so let's start with the kick drum. So first up, um, you have separate uh, gate ends for a kick, a snare, a closed hat, an open hat, a cymbal, and a clap. Uh, and then there is a mix output, so you can get everything coming out of one output. And then each one of the uh, drum voices has a dedicated output. Uh, and if you do patch into that dedicated output, it takes it out of the mix. Um, we're using the mix output for right now. Um, there's a there's an accent input, which is pretty nice, with a, a an attenuator for the CV in control there. And then there's a balance knob for the mix out, and we'll cover that in a more in uh, in a minute here. But let's just turn the resonance. So you have pitch and resonance controls over the kick. So this is with the pitch and resonance all the way down. Let's just turn the resonance to noon, then all the way up. Now we'll slowly bring that pitch up. So you can get some of those really nice old school sounding big, like old school hip hop um, kick drums. Now let's bring the snare in. You have a pitch and decay control on that. So let's turn the decay and the pitch all the way down. Let's stop the kick. Now bring this decay up. There's there's the decay at noon. Then all the way up. Bring the pitch up to noon. Then all the way up. Then bring that decay down. So Cool. Let's uh, let's turn the hi hat on. There's no control over the uh, the hi hats, um, the the hi hat or the the closed or open. So there's the closed hi hat. And we'll bring in the open hi hat now. Now. 
Now I'm gonna introduce this accent input because it's pretty cool. So I got a gate going into that. I'm gonna turn the, uh, the attenuator to about noon. You can hear it kind of getting louder every time that, that gate hits the accent input. Now let's open up this symbol. You have a decay control over the symbol. So here's, actually, let me turn off the other. So this is the symbol with the decay all the way down. Decay at noon. And then decay all the way up. And we'll put those uh, other two hats in there. Turn that decay down a little bit. And then finally we have a clap, which has two controls on it. Let's uh, turn off our symbols here. So you have a spread and then a reverb for the clap. Um, so let's turn the spread up to noon. And then all the way up. You can get kind of like this like flam type thing. And then the reverb at noon. The reverb is very subtle, but it's nice. Here's reverb all the way up. All right, let's turn them all on. And then the final control is a balance. So it's like a crossfader. And this is just for the, uh, the combined output of all the voices. Um, so it's at noon right now, but if you go all the way to the left, you're just getting the kick, snare, and clap. And then if you go all the, all the way to the right, you get the, the hi-hat, the two hi-hats in the cymbal. There's no CV control over that, um, which at first I was a little bummed about. Uh, and there's no CV control over like the decay, resonance, or pitch of any of the stuff that... There's basically the only CV control you have uh, here is for the accent. Um, and then the, the, the gate ends, um, which at first, like I said, was like, oh, well, why isn't there more stuff? But the more I, the more I've been playing with it, uh, the more I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy it doesn't have that because I like to play it manually. I like to make these changes on the fly. Um, and it just, I don't know. I feel like too many CV inputs sometimes, uh, it, I don't know. I get this feeling like I need to use them and, uh, I don't know. I don't think that's true. And you only have so much space and so many CV sources. So, uh, anyways, yeah, I, I really, really like this drum machine. Um, I'm using the Pachinko and the, uh, um, the item for the, uh, the gate triggers here. Um, and I'm running it into the Nautilus right now, but I have the mix turned all the way down, so why don't I just bring that up?
All right, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's a, just a little taste of the weirdness that is Nautilus. So I think what I'm gonna do uh, throughout this to show you these uh, new modules is just kind of keep building this patch. Um, and uh, yeah, and hopefully have a cool piece of music by the end of it. All right, let's check out this Weston SF1 dual stereo filter. Um, as, you, as the name implies, it can be a dual or a stereo filter. It's very feature rich, so uh, let's just get into it really quick. What I really like about it starting off is there is an input level knob for the left and right inputs, which is very cool and comes in very handy when you're using it in stereo mode, which is how I'm gonna start. So I've got the left side in uh, low pass mode. So let's just turn this up. I'm using the cascades uh, from after later audio, the VCO, uh, the saw wave going into the left input. Yeah, the resonance is really nice. There's also a CVN for the resonance, which is pretty cool. Of course, CVN for the cutoffs uh, with attenuverters, which is very nice. And then there's even a one volt per octave in for each side. So you can get some pretty wild stuff going on. So here's the low pass, here's the high pass. And then the band pass. Go back to low pass on the left side and let's turn the low the L1 level down. Now what's really cool is if I turn this L2 level up and, and I don't have anything plugged into the right channel, uh, then it's the left channel's normaled into it. So I've got this set uh, in high pass mode. And now when I turn up level one input, I've got a dual filter. The fun doesn't stop there. When you're using it in stereo mode, there's also a uh, a uh, crossfader. So this is with it all the way to the right, just messing with my uh, high pass filter, and then I can go to the left side. So actually, why don't I just pop some CV into the crossfader here, and then I'll pop some CV in to the two cutoffs so that is the stereo mode in a nutshell now we're gonna look at it in the dual mode and I've got um, now I've got the saw wave still going into the left channel and then I've got the morph output uh, which is a wave shaping output into the right channel and I'm using both of the outputs uh, on each side. I'm, I'm not sure if I mentioned there are two outputs on, the, on each side, L1, L2, R1, and R2 and each side you can get nine different um, like response curves happening. So uh, you can do, you can mess with the slope of each side. Uh, for as far as L1, you've got slope, and then you can do uh, low pass, high pass, band pass. And then uh, in on the L2 and the R2 outputs, there is a notch filter setting, an all pass setting, and then a phaser setting. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. So. So here are the two different waves coming from cascades going into 
uh, each side, and then I've got the L1 output uh, and R2 output. So those will be on the left and right side of your ears. And then I'm using the, um, the L2 and R2 in this next batch that I'm gonna turn up. So on uh, the, the left side, the L2, I have that set to the phaser uh, mode. And then on the right, on the R2, I've got that set to notch. Let's take the originals out really quick. Set them both to phaser. Uh, now I'll go to notch on both. And then the all pass on both. <laughs> I like a mixture of the phaser and the all pass, and now I'll bring everything back up. So I've got him self-resonating and in tune with the the cascades. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna keep those same LFOs going into the cutoff signal. Um, but then I'm gonna run some uh, some sequences into the one volt per octave input. So let's check this out. And then with the resonance in um, CV control, you can get that self-resonation happening uh, you know, in response to CV. So that's pretty fun. I'll get that going here in a second. So yeah, there you go. Um, that's just a really, really simple rundown of the SF1 dual stereo filter. It's super fun. Um, I know I've said in the past, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you've heard me say like, I don't really use filters that much, but um, that that has changed. I'm, I'm becoming quite a filter head and I really, really like this. And these Weston things, like I said earlier, just like, I'm not sure if I said it actually. Uh, I know I mentioned it last week, but they're, they're just so well built and they have a really cool aesthetic. They have this like 
like 80s, early 90s kind of retro look to them, um, which I really appreciate. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be rocking out with these for a while, I think. But let's move on to the Nautilus. Let's check out some weirdness here. Okay, so the past few minutes have been the 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 Nautilus just uh, just going buck wild, I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> I it was a really basic patch that I ran into that actually, um, but what you're hearing right now is the Nautilus with the mix level all the way up, lots of modulation, uh, and then it's running into the Aurora. I have the FDN. Uh, firmware update on Aurora, so it's a little bit more of just a standard digital reverb than the craziness that Aurora is capable of. So yeah, like most of the like the weird weirdness is, is coming from Nautilus. And if you remember the chat that I had with Andrew from Qubit uh, a few weeks back or a few months back, uh, we did talk about his interest in uh, scuba diving, which is kind of relevant because Nautilus is a complex delay network inspired by subnautical communications and their interactions with the environment. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that means, but all I know is it, it means some, some pretty, pretty cool things happen. Um, let's just talk about some of the modes here. There are actually different delay modes, and then there are different feedback modes, which are just simply accessed by the push of a button that are right next to each other. They're all color-coded. So starting with the delay modes, there's the fade, 
which is blue. The fade delay uh, seamlessly crossfades between delay times, whether changing the external or internal clock rate, the resolution or the dispersal, which those are the resolution and dispersal are some other pretty complicated uh, uh, parameters. And then there's the Doppler, which is the green mode. Uh, this delay mode is the very speed delay time variant of Nautilus, giving you the classic pitch shift sound when changing delay times. Then there's the shimmer. The shimmer delay mode is a pitch shifted delay set to one octave above the input signal. And then as the shimmer delay continues to loop through the feedback path, the uh, delay frequency increases as it slowly fades away. And then uh, there's the de-shimmer mode, which is the one that I'm actually using uh, in the patch that you hear below me. This delay mode is a pitch shifted delay set to one octave below the input signal. Uh, and as the de-shimmered delay continues to loop through the feedback path, the delay frequency decreases as it slowly fades away. So those are the four modes for delay. And now there are four feedback modes same color scheme so the normal the blue uh, this feedback mode has the delays match the stereo characteristics of the input signal and then there's the ping pong which is uh, good for a mono and i believe um, but this has delays bounce back and forth between the left and right channel with respect to the audio's input and then there is a cascading feedback mode which literally turns the nautilus into the qubit cascade um, but what does that mean? Uh, the delay lines feed into one another in serial. Uh, this means that each delay in their respective stereo channel feeds into the next one, looping back to the first delay line at the end. So this one gets real wild real quick. And then finally, there's the adrift feedback mode, which is a combination of both ping pong and cascade mode. So each delay line feeds into the next delay line on the opposite stereo channel. Uh, this leads to a sort of meandering delay line that can create interesting stereo surprises. Um, I really like, there's this button on it that's called purge, so you can just hit that button or send a gate in and it'll just stop all the all of the, uh, the delay lines, which is really nice. So you can set your feedback really high and get something like really swelling and getting kind of crazy and then just hit it with a gate and have it stop. Um, yeah, all sorts of very, very... Uh, cool features on this thing. There's a reverse knob. Uh, this, there's this, these two, these two parameters work together. There's a chroma and a depth, and there's all these different modes in the chroma, so you can get some really harsh distortions, and you can get some really nice 8-bit type stuff. But I think, um, I think the the real unique aspects here as if i haven't already listed a bunch of really unique aspects are the sensors and dispersal uh, parameters so let's just talk about those for a minute All right, we're going to pick this up next week. This is going to have to be a two-parter because these modules are too deep uh, to cover in one episode, and I want to make sure that I'm giving them all the proper attention. I also don't have time to, to do this this week. Um, them's the breaks. As Kurt Vonnegut would say, so it goes. But I hope you enjoyed uh, this this episode up till now, this, this first part, and... Um, 
yeah, stay tuned next week to dive deeper into Nautilus. We're going to cover, we're going to talk more about the uh, board brain stuff. And hopefully I'll have some other stuff to talk about, like the new Razor from Mutable Instruments, from the MIC Mutable Instruments Classics line. It is a full-size blades, and I haven't even used it yet. I need to learn how to use it. And I should have released this episode almost 24 hours ago, so I'm already a day late and a dollar short. But if you want me to not be a dollar short, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash modcast. That's how the show keeps going. And I would love to beef up the Patreon support so I could, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, more free time. Time is money, as they say. Uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm frazzled, y'all. Uh, what else? Thank you to Patchworks for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Please visit them at patchworks.com. Thank you to After Later Audio for your continued support of Podular Modcast. Go check out the YouTube page where I have uploaded a whole bunch of new cool videos. What else? I am going to leave you with this track called Kitty Safari. Uh, we listened to it earlier, but I was yammering over it. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let it play out. This is, uh, the al- this is from the album that uh, I made with my friend Steven Jett on piano. Out on Mystery Circles on cassette and digitally November 4th. Until next week.
This week's secret word is safari.